Well, a couple of things. Um, the first is there's no first Sunday fellowship. The meal that we do on the first Sunday of every month because of our September 18th event, uh, the first of September we will not have, the first Sunday of September will not have a meal uh, at the park or here. Uh, there, most of our folks are engaged in getting ready for that event, and it's just to give all those uh, folks a break before we do that. Then on September 17th, that's a Saturday before the event, we have an opportunity to be trained by an evangelist who goes to churches and helps them to learn how to get outside the four walls, reach their community. Evangelist Dominic Glotti, I've already kidded him about how I wasn't sure if I was asking a, uh, a mobster to come because I confused his name with a famous mob name, and he corrected me, but he's, he's got a good sense of humor, and he's a, a great uh, man of God. And Nathan Colt has worked with him uh, in ministry and traveled with him before, has uh, managed his website. But he'll be here, and we're going to have uh, breakfast and lunch during the training, but it lasts from about 8.30 a.m. to somewhere around 3.34 p.m. in the afternoon. I understand we've got a lot going on with the event, and some of you are thinking, Pastor, that's our last opportunity to get everything, all our ducks in a row for the next day. I just believe if we lose focus about why we're doing the event, uh, then it's in vain, right? So we are doing this to reach out to our community. This is an evangelistic event. So what better than to have some training to help us all feel confident in what, uh, what um, God has challenged us to do. And so he will be here that 17th. So please plan to attend that, that uh, training. And then if you're coming to the September 18th event and everyone who, is a, who normally attends New Song in your mind just say, yes, I'm coming to the event. Uh, but remember we're doing uh, the barbecue contest. Uh, please spread the word. Uh, we've only got a few people that are signed up at this point, um, and we, we need more contestants for that. The facial hair contest, I've reached out to some of the beard and mustache clubs that are uh, going to maybe come. Hopefully they'll come and compete. Uh, but just having fun with that. There is a ladies and kids division, and I need everyone to start collecting your scraps of things that can make fake beards. So um, there's an entry fee for the ladies. It's half of that, and the kids are free. And then we'll have Caps Men's Cuts. Uh, they deal in beard care. They'll be there helping the kids to put on the fake beards and, and the wives. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, we found out that's kind of a popular, that's the most popular event at the official beard and mustache contest is the women and children event. So that why... That's why we're doing that. So it'll be fun. Um, we'll, pretty soon you'll see some uh, nine-foot by three-foot banners going out by Centerton Lake and on our land. We've got them on order. They'll be in this week, and uh, Mayor Bill has given us a go-ahead to put them out there near the Centerton Day sign. Uh, a lot of stuff going on. I don't want to stretch the announcement that long time, but bring if you have a comfy chair, bring it that day. We'll have more than enough chairs for our folks and everyone else. However, um, we're going to have those hard white chairs. Um, if you see someone you're ministering to them, that'd be awesome. You could just offer them a comfier chair, and that might open the door even more. So bring a comfy lawn chair. Uh, there's plenty of opportunities to serve. We're having another meeting today at 530 at the church. If you'd like to be involved, please come. We're, we're close enough to time that we need to have meetings every week at this point. So um, instead of just updating through email and those things, we need to be get, getting together. So come at 530, and it, it won't be a real long meeting, maybe an hour at the most. Uh, and then also college and career meets right after that, and youth meets right after that too. So uh, keep that in mind. Uh, by then, the uh, Spanish services will be over. They end somewhere around uh, around 4:30, uh, 4:35. So uh, we should be able to to have that at 5:30. So spread the word. We need to make sure everyone in the community knows. We have invite cards in the back on that glass table. As you leave, grab a stack of them. Tell them to hang on to that because we do electronic flyers here. We don't do door hangers. We don't mind going door to door, but we're not going to leave door hangers on people's doors. They can either scan that with a QR reader or go to the website, and whatever our latest event will be on the electronic flyer. So challenge them to take that card and hang on to it. And on the back, we've made a little matte white area where you can put your name. It says invited by so they can remember who invited them. So make sure you grab some of those cards. We have... Still over 1,500 of them, so grab a stack, and we have plenty of them. Um, a couple other announcements. Junior Bible quiz for the kids that are going to be involved in that. Practice begins this Wednesday night because the first match is October 1st, and we want to make sure that we represent well. Everybody knows I'm competitive, and uh, I'm not one of those parents that at the ball field, you know, will kick and scream at the ref, but 
when we go to this other church and we're studying God's word and these kids are learning God's word, I want to make sure we know it as good as the other kids. So parents, be working with your kids. Get them ready. Um, if, you, if you don't get them ready, I will, make your, I will have your kids come, and during a service, we'll put you against your kid on, on Bible quiz. How's that? <laughs> so you'll, you'll get to test your knowledge against them, but make sure you're getting them ready for that. Uh, and then <clears throat> men's Bible study, uh, the last Saturday of this month, 8.30 a.m. It'll be over around 10. We'll do breakfast and Bible study. All right. Enough of the announcements. Well, <clears throat> I do want to give you one last update on the, on the um, building project. This Wednesday, I will be signing the contract with engineers. The architect has uh, the drawings ready. Uh, we will be putting a framed copy of the drawings, and you'll see some rearranging around here. We're not going to put any more money into this building, but you'll see a, a little bit of transformation in the coming months just to kind of prepare us for the move. But anything we do here will be stuff we'll be able to take with us. Um, so be praying about what you can do in this. Uh, very shortly, we'll be submitting our package to the bank, and then we'll know exactly what we need to raise in funds uh, for what's not being borrowed. So keep that in your prayers. We are moving forward. I'm excited about the layout of the building. Um, we've got an idea for the sign that goes out by the street. is a, is a wow. I mean, uh, kind of a stainless steel look with our green and just some really great stuff. So I'm excited for what we're getting ready to see happen. Um, Keep praying. We need God to just give us favor with the city and with everyone else. And Nathan and I will be traveling to wherever that place is in Illinois, uh, Carl Carlinville, uh, for a national maps convention to be able to try to uh, woo all the maps workers to want to come to our project and uh, help us. So um, keep us in prayer on that. All right, well, this morning, uh, once in a while, you know, I've told you, and I'm pretty open with you when the message changes last minute, but I got to tell you, I was just not feeling satisfied with what uh, I thought was being led for the Sunday, and late in the week, even into this morning, it started changing, and, and I just let the Lord take me on that. But, um, you know, yesterday when I spoke at the coffee of the mayor about our event, I had to open up with my latest joke. I mean, you know how that goes. If I've got an audience that hadn't heard one of my jokes, I just had to, and it, it actually went over okay, um, par partially uh, because I had Bishop Bob there from the Catholic Church, and he'll laugh at any of my jokes, so that helped, um, but I wanted to read to you uh, this sad um, obituary for someone from, from our church, and uh, I think you'll recognize the name when I start reading it. But our church was saddened to learn this week of the death of one of our most valued members, someone else. Someone's passing creates a vacancy that will be difficult to fill. Else has been with us for many years, and for every one of those years, someone did far more than a normal person's share of the work. Whenever there was a job to do, a class to teach, a meeting to attend, one name was on everyone's list. Let someone else do it. Whenever leadership was mentioned, this wonderful person was looked to for inspiration as well as results. Someone else can do the work with that group. It was common knowledge that someone else was among the most liberal givers in the church. Whenever there was a financial need, everyone just assumed someone else would make up the difference. Someone else was a wonderful person, sometimes appearing superhuman. Where the, if the truth were known... Everybody expected too much of someone else. Now someone else is gone. We wonder what we're going to do. Someone else left a wonderful example to follow, but who is going to follow it? Who is going to do the things someone else did? When you were, when you were asked to help this year, remember, we can't depend on someone else anymore. They're gone. It's a sad truth, but someone else has passed away. So when we get closer to the event, remember, someone else is gone. You're going to have to take their place, all right? So we can't depend on them. Another, another story I heard of a three friends that died, and they went to heaven, and they went to heaven orientation. They're getting ready to start their, their eternity, and so they go to orientation for heaven. And while in there, St. Peter asked them, said, Now, I just want to get a feel for who you are in general, you know, and... If you were able to see those who are mourning your death now, your family, the friends, they're crying and at the casket now, 
what would your last, what would the last words they would have for you? What, how would they describe you? What would you want your name, your name to stand for in the end? What would you want them to say about you? And the first guy thought, and he said, I want them to say that I was the best doctor there ever was. I did everything I could to save every person I treated. He said, oh, okay. So the next one, the next guy thought for me, he said, you know, I want them to say that I was the best school teacher there ever was. I tried to teach my children with passion and with, with, uh, with commitment, and I was just the best teacher ever known. Third guy thought for me, he said, well, I would want them to say, look, he's moving. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, so let's, let's get on with God's word. And uh, <clears throat> that's why God didn't let me be a stand-up comic. It, it would have ended in, in me crashing and burning. But names are important. Making a name for ourselves, it's important. It's our identity. In all seriousness, you guys have heard this before. The reason it took me 20 years to fulfill the call of my life is I had some great men, including my dad, that went before me. I was afraid of messing up the family name. You know, if you didn't come from a family of ministers and you were called to be a minister, you don't have any track record behind before you or a name to mess up, and so you don't have that pressure. But I came from a long line of missionaries and ministers in the Assemblies of God, and, and uh, because of that, I was worried I'd mess up that name. You know, if you're standing in a crowded room and, and someone calls your name, especially someone close to you or a family member, if I'm in a crowded room and my wife says my name, anybody else could say it, but I'm going to hear it immediately when she says my name because I love her so much and it's, I recognize when she calls my name. You know, family members that lost someone in Vietnam, they'll travel a great distance to go to the Vietnam Wall and to just take a piece of paper and, and etch over that name. Now, they, that wall didn't give that person that name, and, and that's not what makes that person who they are exactly, but, but because of the price they paid, it's very touching, and to have that name on that wall is a great honor, and so they'll go all that distance to scratch on that, that name into a piece of paper and take it home to remember that person and what they did for their country, their family, uh, and so a name is important. Names are precious. They can be self-fulfilling. Now, I, I can't go too far with this, this little uh, segment here because uh, we've got a, a variety of names in this church. But when I was growing up, there was a certain name, no matter which church my dad was pastoring, of, of little boys seemed like they were always the honorary one. In fact, that one name, they're always the red-headed, freckled-faced kid that was just meaner than a snake, right? And it wasn't, I'm not saying red hair, you know, is an is a issue, okay? So don't throw, don't throw things. But I'm just saying that it was always that name, and the boys even looked similar, and they were always ornery. You know, one psychologist studied the names of 15,000 juvenile delinquents and discovered that those with odd or embarrassing names were in trouble four times as much as kids who had more traditional accepted names. Now, I didn't tell first service this, and I don't tell people about this, but I wasn't named CJ growing up. CJ stands for Clyde Jr., which is my legal name, and I'm proud of that name. I wish I'd always gone by Clyde. But as a kid, they didn't think that Clyde sounded youthful, so I was given a nickname. Well, the full name is Clyde Warren Brummett Jr., so um, they were trying to come up with different ideas for what to call me, and one was CW and all this stuff, and I got the name Dub. Dub for short, Dubby, which has a meaning of warm. If you look it up, it means warm. I thought, okay, well, I've always been warm. I've never been cold. I've always been blood flowing through my veins. <laughs> been warm, but, but I didn't like that name because I've always been a little bit of a fast talker. When we were in, in uh, up north in Nebraska, you know, it seemed to go okay there. But we moved to the south where everybody talks a little slower, and I went to school, and I said my name so fast I kept thinking I was saying Debbie. Your name's Debbie? That's a girl's name. And I got so frustrated that we moved here halfway through sixth grade. In one moment, I decided to change my name. I went home from school and told my parents, my name is now CJ, and you have to call me that because that's what my friends are going to call me. I went to school and changed my name on my own. Of course, I was also a kid that I was going to be a secret agent, and I'd want to hide from school photo day, but that's a whole other story. But I changed my name. But now, later in life, you know, it's funny. As you grow older, you find out how wise your parents are. Uh, you finally gain the respect that is due to your parents. And so I, I'm actually sorrowful that, I, that I'm going by CJ. I would much rather go by Clyde. And that's why some of you on Facebook see me. I have Clyde Jr. I did that a while back. I respect for my dad. But <clears throat> in some countries, 
naming children has been a problem. Like a Vietnamese man who named his son, I'm not even going to really try to pronounce it correctly because I can't, so let's just uh, throw this out there. My Fat Su Nayin Rao, which means find 6,500. Find 6,500, which is how much it cost him for ignoring the country's two-child policy. How would you like to be that boy? Malaysia, in Malaysia, they actually had to ban some names like Agong, which means unsound mind. Um, I mean, you name them at birth, right? I think they name them at birth. Why would you set them up for that? I don't get that. But um, some, uh, some sing, which means gangster, um, and chow tao, which means smelly head. My 10-year-old twin boys thought that one was great. Spiritually, in, in Scripture, many names have spiritual significance. When you look at some of the, uh, those in the Bible and what they did later, when you look at them and what they did later, like Moses means drawn out. Esau means hairy or red. Or Jacob means heel grabber. Peter means rock. All more significant in the name of Jesus. Have you thought about that? Why Jesus? You know, to, to uh, the Jewish people, uh, Yahweh, which is correct, Yeshua. But, but for our English Bibles, Jesus. Have you thought about that? The angel said in Mount, uh, Matthew 21, 21, the angel said, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Philippians 2, uh, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11 I'll read that for you. Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Your attitude should be the same as that of Jesus Christ, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. In other words, he could have said, I'm equal to God. He didn't really feel like people would grasp that. He didn't make a big issue about that. He did make it known. Then goes verse 7, but made himself nothing, taking a very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. And at that name, verse 10, at that name of Jesus, every knee should bow, in heaven and earth, under and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Do you get the significance of that? Every knee shall bow. You see, we tend to have a problem where we want to usurp, take the name and authority of Jesus Christ, and we want to be Jesus, not be like Jesus. We want to be Jesus. So when we have our culture and our and humanity going to hell in the handbasket, we tend to sometimes usurp the role of Jesus instead of living under his power. Let me give you an example. When you don't like your leader, your president, and you feel tempted to just slander his name all over the place and just attack, you know, I don't, I wouldn't, I don't hide that I'm not satisfied as a believer in where our country's headed. I'm not satisfied in our leadership. That's saying it lightly. But, but if I don't represent Christ, Christ properly, instead of standing on the power of his name to change to go to prayer and change my nation, I'm trying to usurp the authority and say, I can handle this better than Jesus. I am the judge and the jury. I'll take care of it myself. We have to be very careful that we don't do that because here's, here's the level playing field. The scripture says, by the name of Jesus, one day, maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, maybe not in the November elections, but one day, every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's Obama, that's Hillary, that's, that's Donald Trump, that's every Bush that ever lived. <laughs> that's every one of them. You know, pick. If they ever breathe the breath of life and they were a human in human flesh, every knee will bow, every tongue confess. No matter how horrible or great they were, we don't have to put them in their place. We have a vote, right? That's what I gathered from the meeting yesterday at Coffee with Mayor when things went awry. Is, as believers, we have a vote, don't we? If you can vote in those elections, you have a vote. And I, I know, because I know, I know at least as history, there's one believer on that 
that panel at least. I don't can't talk for the other ones, but there's one believer, you know? And that's, we don't do that from the pulpit. I don't talk about politics or try to sway votes, but I'm telling you, with prayer and decision, you can make the right vote. But we have to be very careful that when we wear the name of Jesus, that we don't try to usurp his authority, but that we apply it to our lives and live under that authority, right? Let me give you, uh, let me give you a little litmus test. When you want to speak on behalf of the word of God, and I'm, I'm making a very definite why I'm saying speak on behalf of the word of God, try inserting the name of Jesus in your statement to an unbeliever. Or before you make it, make it in your head and put the name of Jesus in there. And it changes things. In other words, in Jesus' name, you need to quit doing what you're doing. And you need to do what I think you need to do. In Jesus' name. You know why we don't do that? Because it changes the dynamic when you start speaking on behalf of God. When you're not just kind of using the word of God to get your point across and to feel some vindication because they don't agree with you. But you're putting Jesus' name in now. Now you're speaking for Jesus. And the power of that name. And all of a sudden, you're taking the authority of Jesus and you're saying, what I'm saying is what Jesus says. And you know, we, we rarely do that. You know, I'm not trying to be a dead horse, but yesterday I didn't hear those I knew that believers, I didn't hear many people use the name of Jesus when they made their statement, this is what we need to do. This is what Jesus says we need to do. This is what my faith says I need to do. This is what my church says I need to do. This is what I want to see happen. But when we put the name of Jesus in there, there's a power to that name and it changes the dynamic. We have to be very careful that we aren't usurping the authority of Jesus as if we are him, but we are his representatives. We are to do things under the power of Jesus. But it means he's the one that has the power, giving us the power. There's a, there's a very good reason that we have to be careful with that because many of the heresies that have come in the past, the foundational component of them is the same thing that caused Satan to fall as a fallen angel is pride. We can't wait on God's timing. We can't wait on his wisdom. We want it done our way. So we're going we're gonna to put ourselves in his place. We're saying, Jesus can't take care of this fast enough. I'm going to make it happen in my timing. So this name, this message this morning is titled, The Name is Everything. The Name is Everything. So we're examining the, names of, the name of Jesus, and I want to just make this easy. We're going to look at five different points, and we're going to take the letter E, and we're going to apply it to each one of these. So these are the five E's about the name of Jesus. The first of which is, it's an easy name. It's an easy name. It's not complicated. Have you thought about that? That God the Father, that Jesus, that that, that name, it's not hard to pronounce or spell. It's easy to say and remember. It's only got two syllables. I mean, um, it's spelled just like it sounds. It's easy name. You know, even youth, even uh, small children can remember it, right? Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. In the Bible, there's, there's a lot of names that aren't easy, and you guys know me. I have the worst time with Hebrew and Greek words, and, and if I was smart, if I was wise, I'd do like another pastor told me. So when you get to them, just say hard word, hard word, or hard name, hard name, and go on. But I try. I make an attempt, and I, I slaughter it. And then I will, sometimes I'll have some Bible student in, the, in there that's taking Greek or Hebrew, and they're like, oh, good grief. He should just find, he should go back to comedy. But it's It's... There are a lot of names that are difficult. Like, uh, this one's a little easier because I studied a little more as a kid, but Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth. I actually got it right in first service, so don't laugh. Mephibosheth. Zerubbabel. Try this one. Tilglath Pelzer. Adonabenezek. I mean, Zaphoneth Penea. I mean, aren't you glad God didn't call his son one of those? Can you imagine, you know, Danny? I don't know where you're at, Danny, but if you had had to, uh, he's back there taking care of kids. If, if we had to try to worship and sing that long name in there, I mean, he's good to us. He just used Jesus, but can you imagine that? And it's so simple that the name of Jesus is even for a small child. Uh, and you think about this. We may joke about the ease of this, but think about this. What about the child that their grandmother took them to, to church a few times, but then in a moment of domestic violence, when they're scared for their safety, so easy a child can just say, Jesus, save me. A name that, that stands out that can remember Jesus. 
Or what about that soldier getting ready to die on the battlefield and with his last breath can call out in a prayer and call on the name of Jesus, save me. If someone's drowning or sees a car coming across the center line and towards them, interesting that even unbelievers, they've heard the name of Jesus sometimes in that knee-jerk reaction. They may not be calling on him because they truly believe, but all of a sudden, guess what name comes out of their mouth? Jesus. Think about, it's been a long time now, but the World Trade Center towers collapsing and believers and those maybe had a relationship before or those at least know but never accept him but in that moment knowing that their time was limited and they call on the name of jesus to be saved the second e is it's an enduring name it lasts forever obscure let yet omnipresent even though our lord was born in obscurity over two thousand years ago and died like a criminal at the age of 33 even though he only ministered three years in a third world country, and yet his name is still the most well-known name in history. In fact, that's what God had uh, led me on one of the times of going to Benton County Jail. He had uh, somewhere around 12 men in there that none of them had a, a significant background in God's word. And, you know, I could just sense some of them were dealing with the issue of, can I really believe this is true about Jesus, that he really had to die on a cross to save me. I, that doesn't make sense. And the question even came. I said, let me have you ask this question. Why has his name not gone away in over 2,000 years? Why has the word of God not gone away? Are there some ancient gods that we still can find their names and they haven't been totally abolished? True, but why is the name Jesus so controversial? Why has why have there been wars over the name of Jesus? Why why have has there been so much persecution? Uh, Jesus' name was uh, has been on the cover of Life magazine, Time magazine, Newsweek, and National Geographic more than any other person, and especially more than any other so-called God. There's been vain attempts to erase it. I mean, Roman Caesars have tried to destroy his name. Communism and atheism, pseudoscience have tried to stamp it out. Tyrants and foreign religions have tried to eradicate it from the face of the earth, spilling the, the, spilling the blood of martyrs, and yet the name of Jesus still stands. As I mentioned to those men in the jail, I mean, people go peacefully to their death simply for the fact they will, not, uh, they will not turn on the name of Jesus. They will not deny him. Napoleon himself, Napoleon once said, this is a quote from Napoleon, I search in vain in history to find the similar to Jesus Christ or anything which can approach the gospel. Nations pass away, thrones crumble, but the church of Jesus remains. As Paul told the Philippians, when that final day of history draws, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The third E is it's an esteemed name. What I fear for the church is, yes, I believe that Jesus is a friend that sticks closer than brother. I made us change the name, uh, change the wording of that one song that about the sloppy wet kiss thing. I just couldn't get over that because I still believe that there is a reverence that comes to the name of Jesus that I approach it cautiously, not cautiously as if I'm afraid of Jesus, but out of reverence for His name. It's an esteemed name. When we say the name of Jesus, Christians, in this day and time, our chin should go up, not down. When I was learning to be a man, one thing, one thing you know, in the schoolyard, somebody challenged you, guess what happens, guys, right? Shoulders go back to pop the chest out, and the chin goes up, right? Which, if your opponent's a boxer, is a bad idea, by the way. <laughs> I grew up in Nebraska where you wrestled people. When I moved to Arkansas and they boxed, I found out the hard way. Don't stick your chin out. But it's an esteemed name. You know, it's the only name because God has so many names, but Jesus, it's a, it's a name recognized in heaven. And during the Civil War, there was a man who his son had uh, been brought into the war, in the Civil War, and he abandoned his post, and because of that, he was sentenced to die by the firing squad, to be executed. And the father distraught, even though he understood his son had done wrong, he, he didn't want to see his son die for, for, for that, and so he went to the White House and went up there and tried to press in to talk to the President of the United States and was met by his guards and said, no, you can't enter. And he pressed, pressed, they would not let him in. He sat now on bench and he just put his head in his hands and he began to cry and a young boy walked up and asked what's the matter and he began to tell him the story. The young boy said, come with me. 
And the young boy walked up to the gate, and they let him, he said, he's with me, and they let him in. The young boy went right into the White House, walked right into a meeting where the president was, pushed through all the men there, went up next to the president, got his attention, spoke softly in his ear, and next thing you know, President Abraham Lincoln wrote a full pardon for the man's son. And the man broke into weeping and said, why did you do that? He said, well, if my, my son took interest in your son's case. You see, there's a recognition of that, of that, of that relative, of that name, that he carried the name of Lincoln. And so in that, um, in that moment, it was by that name that he received salvation for his son. And it's by the name, in the same way, in the name of Jesus, that we receive salvation because the scripture tells us only by his name are we saved. It says in John 16, 23, Verily, truly, I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. It's also the only name that is truly recognized by hell. Hell respects the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus still makes demons tremble. Luke 10, 17 records, The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. They were shocked by the power of the name of Jesus. The demons probably would have laughed if Peter, James, or John commanded in their own names, but they became cowards whenever Jesus' name was mentioned. Demons told seven Jewish imposters, Jesus I know and Paul I've heard about, but who are you? And then gave them a lesson in true authority, being beaten in Acts 19, 13 through 16. The fourth E is, it's an exclusive name. It's the only name that can save you. Acts 4.12 says, Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Jesus is the only way to God. Because Jesus is the only Son of God and the only sinless man who ever lived and therefore the only one who could die for our sins. In all the world, and all the sinners, in a desperate world, they need a Savior. And Romans 3, 11 and 12 says, there, There's no one who's righteous, not even one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. So the only way we can be saved is through the amazing, unfathomable grace of God seen on the cross. There are many great accomplishments that men have made. Yes, and their names have gone on, but it's not the same as the name of Jesus. We look at Gutenberg, he developed the printing press. And we can look at Louis Pasteur on vaccinations, or um, Henry Ford in the car, or the Wright brothers in the airplane, or Alexander Graham Bell in the telephone, Albert Einstein and Isaac Newton in advancing physics. But there's only one who can cleanse and transform the human heart, and that's Jesus. The fifth E is it's an empowering name. You see, this is really, if anything, that sets it apart from any other name. Any false god, any great man who lived, who did great things, it's an empowering name. The practical impact it has on Christians, they've, they've been empowered by Jesus' name to help alter the world's poverty, the, the ignorance and the injustice. And in his, in his name, believers started help programs like the Red Cross, Salvation Army, uh, Convoy, of Hope, Convoy of Hope. I mean, Christians even uh, helped uh, promote medicine with uh, the hospitals being a Christian institution. And then you can go on to the great universities that were founded by Christians for Christian purposes like off Oxford and Cambridge, Harvard, Yale, Princeton, and others. Most of the world's languages were first set to writing by Christian missionaries. And that was for, in order for people of those people groups to read the Bible. That's still happening today. There's still dialects and, and things being translated so that people can read God's word. Now, you won't see that in the news media or a big hubbub about how the Christian missionaries are making sure people can learn English and teaching them and, and, and working to get their language in, in written form in English. Christians work to end slavery and guarantee women's rights. Uh, you know, We think of several like Charles Finney and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Junior, who dedicated their lives to equal rights regardless of gender or skin color. And then the spiritual power of the name. I mean, we're saved through that name and, 
uh, we, we look at Scripture says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 14, 6, forgiveness in him alone. We see Jesus is present among us when we gather in his name in Matthew 18, 20. We're to preach in his name to all nations, Luke 24, 47. Healings are performed by the name of Jesus. It goes on in Mark 16, verses 17, 18. Listen to this. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands. And when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Every kind of sickness yielded to that name, blindness, deafness, leprosy, fevers, paralysis, epilepsy, even death itself yielded to the name of Jesus. Peter said, by faith in the name of Jesus, this lame man whom you see and know was made strong. It's in Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has given this complete healing to him, as you all can see in Acts 3.16. There's one last illustration I want to, to give to you, and then, and then I want us to spend a time uh, in concentration and in consecration before the Lord. But E.P. Scott was a missionary to India. He desired so much to reach the savage populations out in the bushes in India. And he prepared and went, and uh, even all his friends and others warned him, this is not the place you want to go, it's not safe. But he went anyway. Several days later, he was met by a large party of warriors who surrounded him with their spears pointed at his heart. Expecting to die at any moment, Scott breathed the prayer, closed his eyes, and began singing with holy boldness, All hail the power of Jesus' name. After singing the first verse, the second verse, the third, and then beginning the fourth, Reverend Scott realized that he was still standing, and it was silent all around him. There stood those mighty warriors with tears in their eyes. They were so touched by the mighty spirit that anointed him, they could do nothing but cry. Scott spent the next two years evangelizing that people group, telling them all about Jesus who came to save him. Jesus is indeed the empowering name. And one last point under that last E, I know it's hard for me, hard for some of you to hear that you feel like I may be beat on you because you just were bombarded by the news media and everything that's negative and all this going on and it's just part of our daily lives. We eat it like our breakfast and our lunch and our dinner. We're just feed, feeding off it all the time, being fed all this garbage coming in. That's why I told you I've been so good since I've been off Facebook a lot since vacation. Put my phone down. I didn't feed off that anymore. But listen, if we truly grasped the power of Jesus' name and got back to where we, we lived under the power of his name, we walked under the power of his name, when we stepped into a room, the power of his name preceded us, all these topics, these things that are the hot topics that, that are against God's word, the enemies of God, there'd be only one of two results. Either there'd be a transformation of a life that would even do something to you. It would charge you up and realize that God is still alive. He's still changing lives. Or they'd reject God and you'd do like the disciples did. You'd be able to dust the feet, dust, take the dust off your feet and move on. But the angst is causing you. The division is causing in our communities. Christians of all, Christ followers, we should not be a part of the division. We should be the hands extended. Does it mean we have to agree with our sin? No. Does it mean we have to prove of it or pass it by? No. But with our actions and our words, are we letting the name of Jesus, the power of his name, change lives? Or do we somehow got mixed up thinking that we're going to do that? That we're going to be the ones that, that Jesus just isn't powerful enough to take care of it. We've got to do it ourselves. This morning, if you can call on Jesus' name, it will change everything about your situation. It's an easy name. It's an enduring name, an esteemed name, an exclusive name, an empowering name. But the name goes on and on. Here's the cool thing about this whole deal. I left a little bit of time at the end of the service for one reason. It's because I've got a video I want to show you that will explain to you a little better. It's long. But during our prayer time, I want you to take time in your own heart to call on the name of Jesus for whatever your situation is. 
Because here is the power in his name. His name has so many different meanings because of what it does in people's lives that goes on and on and on and on. Whatever your heartbreak is this morning, whatever your battle is this morning, if you call on the name of Jesus, his name takes on a new characteristic for you. It may not be new, but to you it may be new. And this video is going to call on so many different definitions of the name of God, the name of Jesus, and, and to charge us up to think about how much he is to us. We need to stop leaning on our own name, stand on the name of Jesus. Amen? So as we take these few moments here, we're going to play this video. I want you to just close yourself in, you know, close your eyes, and uh, you know, generally we let out about 12, 15, so we've got about 8, 10 minutes. I just challenge you, take that time. Soak up with the Lord and just call on the name of Jesus for your life, for those unsaved loved ones, for our community, for this church, for people who are sick, for those who are hurting. Call on his name. Amen. never changes. He is and he will always be. He is who he is. That's what his name Jehovah even means. means I am. Yahweh means he is. He's God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. He is. Judge, Creator, Yahweh, Lord, Jehovah, El Elyon, the Most High God, Adonai, Lord, Master, El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty, El Alam, the Everlasting God, the God of Eternity, the God of the Universe, the God of Ancient Days. He is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. He is the Shiloh, the Peacemaker, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Jehovah Nissi, the Lord my banner, the Lord my miracle. He is Kenah, jealous. He is Jehovah Emkadash, the Lord who sanctifies you, the Lord who makes holy. He is, he is a star, a scepter out of Israel, the cursed of God, the captain of the host of the Lord. Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is peace. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, the Lord of powers. The rock of my salvation. My salvation. He is the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds. He is the day's moon. The interpreter. My rock and my redeemer. He is crowned, the crown of pure gold. The most blessed forever. He is the forsaken. The worm and no man. He is Jehovah Ra. He is my restorer. The king of glory. He who setteth king forever. He is a stranger and an alien. My strong rock, my rock and my fortress. Fairer than the children of men. The rock that is higher than I. The rock of my strength. The rock of habitation. He is as rain upon the mown grass, as showers that water the earth. The rock of my heart. The, the shield. shield. The rock of my refuge. The king and priest after the order of Melchizedek. A brother born for adversity. The friend that loveth at all times. A stone of grace. A friend that seeketh closer than the brother. He is his ointment poured forth. My well-beloved. A bundle of myrrh. A cluster of henna blooms. The rose of Sharon. He is the lily of the valley. The lily of the valley. The chiefest among ten thousand. His countenance is as Lebanon. Yea, he is altogether lovely. He is my beloved and my friend. He is holy, holy, holy. He's a sanctuary. The great light. A son given. The mighty God. The father of eternity. He is a child born. The prince of peace. An ensign of the people. The nail fastened in a sure place. A strength to the poor. Strength. The strength to the needy in distress. A shadow from the heat. A refuge from the storm. He is the rock of ages. A crown of glory and beauty. He is a stone. A triad stone. A covert from the tempest. From the tempest. He is as rivers of water in a dry place. As the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. As a hiding place from the wind. He is the king in his beauty. My leader, the everlasting. The everlasting God. He is mine elect, in whom my soul delighted. He is a light of the Gentiles. The covenant of the people. The polished shaft. The glorious 
of sorrows. Despised. He's rejected. He is stricken. Submit. He is wounded. Bruised. He is oppressed. He is my portion, my maker, my husband. He's the God of the old earth, the witness to his people, the leader, the commander, the redeemer. He is mighty. He is my physician. Jehovah sit canoe, the Lord our righteousness. David, their king, their king. my resting place. My feeder, the plant of renown. Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. He is the prince of princes. The Messiah. The prince. The strength of the children of Israel. The, the hope, hope of thy people. people. The ruler. He is king over all the earth. He is a refiner's fire. Fuller's soap. My refiner. My purifier. Purifier. The son of righteousness. He is Jesus, Yeshua, salvation. Emmanuel, God with us. He is born as the king of the Jews. He is a governor. The Nazarene. He the bridegroom. He is meek, lowly. He is the one of whom the Father says, My beloved, in whom my soul is well pleased. The son of the living God. Jesus the Christ. The builder, the prophet of Nazareth, he is betrayed, mocked, crucified, the Holy One of God, my brother, the carpenter, and his life is a ransom. He is the Son of the Blessed, the Son of the Highest, God my Savior, the Horn of Salvation, the Dayspring from on high, a Savior which is Christ the Lord, the salvation of God. He is the glory of thy people Israel, Lord of the Sabbath, my healer, the Christ of God, my servant, the chosen of God. He is risen, he is risen. the prophet mighty indeed and word. He is the word, the word that was with God, the word that was God, the light of men, the true light, the word that was made flesh. He is the only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father. The Lamb of God. My teacher. teacher. The gift of God. Gift of God. He is Messiah. The bread of God. The bread of life. He is my meat. My drink. The light of the world. The door of the sheep. The, the good, good shepherd, shepherd that, that laid down his life. life. The scent of the Father. He is the resurrection. The king of the daughter of Zion. The corn of wheat. He is the light. The light. My Lord, Master. My example. He is the way, the truth, the life, the vine, scourged, crowned with a crown of thorns, crucified as the king of the Jews. He is exalted, glorified, the holy one and the just, the prince of life, the anointed, the prince and a savior. He is Lord Jesus. He is Lord of all, the judge, Jesus of Nazareth, the mercy seat, Jesus Christ our Lord. He is the firstborn among many brethren. Overall, God blessed forever. Lord over all, the deliverer. Lord both of the dead and living. The minister of the circumcision. He is my wisdom, my righteousness, my sanctification, my redemption. He is the foundation, my Passover, the spiritual rod, the head of every man, the first fruits of them that slept. He is the last Adam, the quickening spirit, the image of God, his unspeakable gift, my peace. He is the offering, he is the sacrifice, the head over all things to the church. He is he that filleth all in all. He is a servant who humbled himself unto death, even death on a cross. He is the Lord Jesus Christ, the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, creator of all things, the, the firstborn, firstborn from the, the dead. dead, the head of the body, the church, the head of all principalities and powers. He is my all and all. He, he is, is our Lord Jesus Christ himself. He is Lord of peace. He is our Lord of hope. He is God manifest in the flesh. He is the justified, the mediator, the righteous judge, the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. He is obedient and his throne is forever and ever. In ever. He is the upholder of all things, the express image of his person, the brightness of his glory. He is Jesus Christ, same yesterday, today, and forever. The shepherd of the sheep, the great shepherd that was brought again from the dead. He is a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle and his flesh is the veil which was wrapped in two. He is the altar, the offerer, the forerunner for us. Entered even Jesus. He is the priest, the, priest, the high priest, the great high priest, the intercessor, the surety, the covenanter. He is the captain of salvation, the author and finisher of faith, the king of righteousness, the king of peace. He is crowned with glory and honor. He is the tempted, the merciful, the faithful. He is holy, harmless, undefiled. He is the separate. He is the perfect. He is 
with my helper, the lamb without blemish, and without spot, the living stone, he's a Jew, cornerstone, he is a precious stone, he is guileless, he is vital, he is the chief shepherd, that shall again appear, today's talk, my savior, he is the word of life, he is the life, he is that eternal life, which was with the father, he is Jesus Christ, the righteous, the savior of the world, the true God, true God, the advocate, he is the advocate, right now, Lord, that uh, as we are going to leave this place, Lord, that we would not lose sight of what name we stand on, and that is your name, Jesus, the name that brought us redemption, the name that leads and guides us, the name that brings us peace beyond all understanding, that brings healing, that brings restoration, Lord, to our community, to our church, to our families. And Lord, I just pray that this body of believers would truly become a community as you've planned it to be. And Lord, that that community would continue to always expand, Lord, reaching the lost all around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love y'all. Remember Wednesday night, 6.30, another time, uh, uh, worship God's word. Some of you that go to first service and then the other second service that are here gives you a chance to meet some folks you didn't know come to New Song. So come Wednesday nights. It's uh, a good mix of everybody and and just uh, get a good time to fellowship as well. Love y'all. Have a great Sunday.